0: Amen. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We are so glad you're here, man. We have just worked our honeys off this week. Just about the entire body has worked hard to to pull off VBS, and let me tell you, it was a great success. uh, Caleb Camacho is is our new children's director, and he's just come into a, a big undertaking. Having to take on VBS was his first month, and uh, he and Michelle Fisher and the entire team that has taken on VBS has just done a great job and it's always good to have it behind us but um, man I, I love it because us as a church comes together and we have to look at each other every night and we have to get along every night and we have to face our challenges every night and, and uh, man it's so good. Um, I love you guys. I love you guys. Um, is, did Haley ever come back in? Did she leave? I'm wanting to say something about her, but I don't want to say it without her being in here. Um, Okay, good. Thank you. Get back in here. The song that that they did uh, today is, um, you have made me glad. Made me glad. And, you know, we're talking about Mary and Martha. We're talking about... um, being busy, and uh, I felt like I just got a not a not a perfect picture. I think that uh, Jesus was the perfect picture of worship, and uh, you know I think that we have moments. Um, I, I don't even I don't want to say this wrong, and, and listen this is completely this is completely from my heart. This is not from my notes. This is not from my study, but I think that we we can get glimpses of perfect worship. Uh, but Jesus was the perfect worshiper. His heart was completely in tune with, with the Lord and with what the Father was saying and never wavered from it. Now, I can't say that I've ever come close to that. But, you know, it just brings back all these memories, this song, He Has Made Me Glad. And plus, it's, you know, it's a scripture that's been very uh, um, on my heart this week, that He's my shield, my strong tower, my refuge, my very present help. And the song has a moment where it starts to crescendo, and, and that, that's a musical term of build. It starts to build to a, to a climax, to a top, to a peak. And let me tell you, this worship team's got it down. They don't, they don't need any help. They've, they've, they, know their, they know their cues. Uh, they've been led very strongly, led by the Spirit and led by truth. But as it was building, and let me tell you, uh, Haley, and I'm sorry I'm going to single you out, Haley, but... Um, Haley knows the song. She doesn't need any help. She's got it. And if anybody's taken abuse from me, it's been Haley. Back off, not so loud. Keep your passion going. But give me about 80%. Stay on the click. Do this, do that. Listen to your stuff. Come in, come in prepared. And let me tell you, my, when I'm a worship leader, my drummer gets my most abuse because they're one of the most important factors. If the drummer gets off, the whole team gets off. And if I can say about her, she hardly ever gets off. She stays right where she's supposed to be. But right in the middle of the crescendo, instead of her being able to say, man, I got this. I can nail this. It's going to be awesome. You know what she does? She peeks her head around and looks at me. And as we walk we think we've got it. And we don't seek. We think we've got it handled in our job, in our marriage. And at that moment, she gives up what she wants. And I'm sorry, I don't like a pastor to get up and just whine. Whine. You know, it makes me uncomfortable when I'm sitting out there listening to somebody. It's like, what do I do? You know, Do I, do I cry? Do I laugh? What, I don't know what to do. What do I do? That's awkward. We move on to the sermon. And, but sure enough, she just gives me this right here. And you know what? I, she knows I've got something in mind. And she looks right at me. And all I've got to do is give one motion. She knows what that motion means. The funniest thing, if I give this right here, she knows that it means her right foot to hit the kick. And she knows where I want it. And she gives up what she wants to give me what I want. And it's a complete dying of herself in order to get it right. And you know what it is. And she's not taking her cue from Tammy, which she does all the time. But Tammy's got her back to her. She can't, Tammy can't turn around and direct the, direct the drummer at that moment. And at that moment, I don't want to give an inappropriate picture, but at that moment, her looking through me is her looking for her cue from the Lord because I I represent that position for you. And I'm, I'm not trying to be inappropriate at all. But we have levels of authority. And when she looks at me, and let me tell you, in the midst of my crisis, in the midst of my life, I rarely will look to the Lord. And that's where we're supposed to look because you know what? He's sitting there ready to give you that. This is where I want it. This next step that you have, I've got it mapped out for you. And it goes here. And what's so funny is it's your step. It's your kick. It's that step. And, you know, it's so so minor, but it's for a musician to give up the cherry on top for what the authority, what the leadership wants is, in my opinion, the picture of worship. It's the picture of, I'm not going to stay here busy in what I know I can do, and what I know will sound great, and I know it. But nope, I'm going to give up what I want and look at him and give him what he wants. And I'm not trying to say I'm some control freak down here. Nine times out of ten, I completely trust you. But sometimes I can just feel it. And you know what the Lord will say? For the most part, you got it. You've trained. You've worked hard. You've prepared. You've plowed the ground. You've put the seed in. But now comes the supernatural part. And will you allow the supernatural to kick in? And that's the whole thing about Mary and Martha is that Jesus came in the house. Everything was ready. Martha had it ready. Martha was ready. But she did not choose the good stuff. And I'm not the good stuff. Jesus is the good stuff. But the picture that you gave was you choosing Jesus. You choosing me at that moment, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to embarrass you, is you choosing Jesus. And when a child gives up its right to obey its parents, they're choosing Jesus. And when we come under our authority with our boss and our work, you know what we're doing? We are choosing Jesus. When we come into service and we decide, I'm going to give up and I'm going to give myself to the Lord, you know what you're doing? You're choosing Jesus. So Haley, I just want to commend you. You know, I'm, I'm, not, trying to, I'm not trying to inappropriately. I'm trying to honor you. And uh, you, by you humbling yourself, you get honored. And that's how God works. So, I don't even know if I feel like preaching this now. Choosing Jesus. You know, we got choices this week. What are we going to choose? And you know what? As I started last week, and you know, I'll just ask you, are you busy? Are you overran? Are, I mean, we come out of VBS and we all feel like that. I had somebody come in Friday and just say, man, I'm wore out. I'm wore out. But isn't it good to be wore out serving God? Man, that's a good wore out. I hurt. I can't sleep i worried about the next day, but man, that feels good when you're serving God. But are we choosing the right things? Because I want you to know busy isn't better, and we've bought into this lie that being busy is good. Being busy is not good. Choosing the right things is good. Being busy is not good. And we, we, we live in this life where we sit around the water cooler and say, Hey, how's it going? Are you busy? Good. Well, good. I'm busy too. Well, good. We must be doing something right because we're busy. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Have y'all got your Bibles? I'm going to put it up here, but please, please, please bring your Bibles. Choosing the good stuff. Luke chapter 10. Let me try to go quickly. Oh, shoot. Shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm going to just go past this. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word come alive in our lives, Lord. Let it come alive in our heart, Lord. Awaken our spirit to receive your word. And Lord, if we've come in here hard-hearted, Lord, let that just be broken. Let our hearts just be broken and just open for you to be able to mend back up. And Lord, Lord, we need mended up in a very quick moment. We need a miracle. We need a broken heart to be mended quickly. Lord, I just ask you right now just to start mending this heart. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus comes into into this woman's house, Martha's house. And remember, it's customary in these days when you come in that they would offer water to wash your feet because your feet are dirty and offer you some food. And the impression we get is that Martha was hospitable, but that she was too hospitable. She just started running in every direction. But Mary didn't do anything but go and sit at Jesus' feet, enjoying His presence and, and experiencing every opportunity that she could have to be with Jesus. And the bottom line that we're trying to catch from this whole series is that Mary chose better. And we ended last week looking at, the, looking at the first two steps of the pattern of busyness. And I want you to catch two things. Number one, that we can recognize the, the lie. And I'm going to tell you the lies again real quickly. But also recognize the, the pattern of busyness. Do you remember what the lies were? Um, uh, Blake, is there any way you could go back to me to my second slide? These three lies I'm going to say real quickly. Have you ever said these? Do you think these? Is this where you live? Number one, there's not enough time. There's not enough time in my day. If I just had a few more hours in my day, well, that's not true. You'll fill fill it with a bunch of junk, just like you already have. Or it's a busy season. You know, it's a busy season. Uh, May, without a doubt, is a busy season. Then finally, this is really important. Is it? Is it really? Why is it important? This is really important. Now, can you skip back to the last scripture where I was on that? Um, uh, Yeah, thank you. So here's the pattern of busyness where we left off last week. We're going to get there in a minute. Do you remember number one? It starts with good intentions. I want you to know that Mary, Martha, had good intentions. Martha wasn't evil. It's not bad to serve. She had the right heart. She opened her heart her home to Jesus. But the good intentions as they started rolling and got started going somewhere, somehow it got off track. And what came? Number 2, distractions. We get going, we have a good intention, we start serving, we start doing the right thing, but then we get distracted. You know, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're distracted. You've gotten derailed by distractions. God in the flesh is in your living room. And you're banging pots and pans. And you're getting upset. What was so important that had to be done right then? What was so important that had to be done right then? I was at the mustard seed ranch last night and it had ended and we were there. You know, It was a, it was, it was a great... Um, um, banquet but Elizabeth had gotten stopped and talking to somebody and you know I started getting impatient wanting to leave but what's important and then I had a family walk up to me needing ministry and all of a sudden what's important is sitting at Jesus's feet important or is me getting home and back to our life important sitting at Jesus's is what's important and she and I both recognized that last night but distractions I want to come in can I tell you a really funny story I'm preaching on distractions and I'm preaching on being busy and we go through second service and man I'm going it's good god's moving I'm preaching good and you know what I got distracted and we I forgot communion I forgot to do communion. I got the ushers sitting outside with their trays ready to walk in. And I'm walking off stage and Elizabeth's going, Honey, honey, my Sarah running out the door. You forgot communion! And it's just funny. You know, I forgot what was important. I really don't think so. I really don't think so. I feel like the Holy Spirit was moving. And we wound up, I believe, at the feet of Jesus. But how easily we get distracted. And that was a Mary and Martha moment. I'm up here preaching. I'm doing God's Word. I'm I'm fulfilling my calling. And we miss the good stuff. Amen? When you get derailed by distractions, you know what? Distractions can appear as priorities. And priorities can seem like distractions. Staying focused on what's really important is difficult to do. But do you know what happens when we get distracted when we get derailed by distracted, look at what comes next pressure and pity. Pressure and pity. And we throw a little pity party for ourselves. You know what my parents called it? Call it feeling sorry for yourself. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. You know what Martha says in verse 40? Imagine saying this to Jesus Lord, you don't care. <laughs> this is Jesus. <laughs> you don't care. Verse 40. Lord, you don't care. And we don't, we're not told what, Martha's, what what pushed Martha over the edge. You know, she hit that boiling point and something, something sent her off, the, off a rocker. We don't know what put her over the edge. We don't know if she was in the kitchen and she started pulling out pans. Now, I don't know about, about your spouse, but... Sometimes when pans are pulled out, noise is followed. All of a sudden, uh, there's a lot of clanging and banging going on. But I don't know if as she was pulling out her pot, she found another pot inside of a pot. And then that pot fell on the eggs. And that egg fell on the fig, little fig uh, uh, appetizer she was making. And by making all this noise, the camel started getting upset and spitting. And you know who knows, what, who knows what caused her to hit that breaking point? What causes us to hit that breaking point? I don't know. But look what followed. It was pity. It was pity. And you know what? She snapped. And do you know what that's a sign of? It's a sign of burnout. It's a sign of burnout when you've got no margin in your life. You've got no emotional reserves to pull from. And then something goes wrong. And you know what happens when that, when that happens? You start to say things that you regret. Pressure enters and pity comes. We've all done this. You know what it's like. You know, we, so many times we say to our spouse, spouse, my spouse doesn't know what I'm going through, doesn't know the pressure that I feel to provide, or doesn't know the pressure that I feel with our children and with our family. My spouse doesn't know. My boss doesn't know what I'm really going through trying to do all his work for him. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows trouble I the trouble I see that's not right see I've seen nobody knows my sorrow gloom despair and agony on me <laughs> woe is me man what a pitiful place to be pressure and pity You know what comes after that? It gets worse. Resentment. We've just opened the door for the wrong kind of seed to be planted. And you know what happens when we're under pressure and we got self pity and we feel sorry for ourselves? We notice everything. I've sat back there in the sound booth offended. And you know what happens when somebody's offended? You notice everybody's problems. And it just makes you matter. And you know what? God had it all under control the whole time. I just didn't think He did. And you know what I was saying? Lord, you don't care. And then I took it to the next step tell her to help me. That's what it says. Martha said, Lord, you don't care. Tell Mary. To help me tell Mary to leave what she's supposed to be doing and come do what we're not. Neither one of us are supposed to do, but that's the right thing to do. In Mar- in Martha's mind, tell her to help me. Resentment comes, and you can hear the resentment in her voice. Jesus, tell her to get a little more in sync with my agenda. Sit back there in the sound booth. The pastor doesn't know what he's doing. Worship leader doesn't know what he's doing. Deacons don't know what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Now, I know what's going on. Won't somebody ask me? Because I got it all figured out. Woe is me. And by the way, I'm mad at you, and I'm mad at you, and I'm mad at you. And I'm mad. Why? Because I feel sorry for myself. And I've allowed resentment to come in. So how do we, how do we, how do we cope with this? I gotta hurry. We gotta choose what's better. We gotta choose what's better. Mary chose what was better. You know, while Martha served, while Martha worked, Mary worshiped. She chose better. While Martha was distracted, Mary was focused. While Martha felt pressure, Mary felt peace. While Martha was filled with resentment, Mary was filled with joy. Because Mary chose better. You know, if you were to look at the the story of Mary, we see her three times. And every time we see her, we see her at the feet of Jesus. Here in John 10, we see her at the feet of Jesus. In John 11, we see her grieving at the loss of her brother. Where is she found? At the feet of Jesus. And then finally, in John chapter 12, we see her with a bottle of perfume. At the feet of Jesus. Mary knew where to be. And I really ultimately believe, if we were to dig down deep into our gut, I believe that we would all say, I want to have a heart like Mary. We may live in a Martha world. We may even be wired like Martha. And let me tell you, I am wired like Martha. But I instinctively, my soul desires to be intimate with God. That's why you're here today. That's why we come to church is because we can't handle everything that's coming at us. We need the Lord. But our problem is we want the Lord to meet us where we are rather than us meet him where he is. Martha wanted Jesus to come into the kitchen. Jesus wanted Martha to come to her. I saw a book this week that's called Having a Heart, Having a Mary Heart in a Martha World. And I read the first couple pages of it. I didn't read it all because I was too busy. How do we take action? Let's go quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quickly because I need to finish. Now, see if this looks like anything that I've preached before. Number one, you confess the lie. You confess the lie. You confess them for what they are. These things of I don't have enough time, I'm too busy, this is important. You know what? They're lies. They're lies that are trying to blow you up. When you're tempted to say, I don't have enough time, stop. That's what, Mary, that's what Martha said. I don't have enough time. Stop. When you're tempted to say it's a busy season, Look in the mirror and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. I have got time for what's important. What is keeping you busy? Start there and confess it out of your mouth. You know what we say? I've been lying about this. I have mismanaged my life. I'm choosing what's right today and I'm telling all these lies to go. Secondly, you name the distraction. Call it by name. This is very practical. Sit down and look over your to-do list and start writing down what is important, what isn't important. What are my distractions? You know what you've got to learn to do? You've got to learn to say no to something. Do you know that when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else? Do you know that when you say yes to to working late, do you know who you're saying no to? Your family. Your family. Somebody is going to get cheated in the yeses that you're saying, and you need to recognize who's getting cheated. Is it what's important or what's not? There are some things you need to say yes to, but there are some things you're saying yes to that you need to say no to. What is important? What commitments and obligations and responsibilities that you have that can wait until later? Remove the distractions. Remember, busy isn't better. Choosing better is better. And then finally, as I just said, choose what's better. Do you know what this is a fundamental of? This is a fundamental of being a Christ follower. Choosing what is better. That's how you know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Do you know that I'm not a Christian because I wear the t-shirt? I'm not a Christian because I wear a WWJD bracelet, which I don't, but I have before. That does not make me a Christian. A follower of Christ is one who chooses God's way over the world's way. A follower of Christ is one that knows the Word and obeys the Word. A follower of Christ is one that sees what Jesus did and follows in that path. Is that a follower of Christ? What is a Christian? It's not some label that we can just walk around and just have and say, oh, I'm a Christian. Leave me alone. I can act any way I want to act. I can get away with whatever. I've got my card. I've got my little golden ticket. I'm getting into heaven. I can do whatever I want. No, that's not a Christ follower. That's somebody playing a game. A Christ follower is someone who follows Christ. That's what a Christian is. So how do we be a Christ follower as I close? You've got to have a standard for what's better. How do we choose what's better if we don't have a standard of what's better? And where does our standard come from? Here it comes. It comes from here. There is no way to choose better without knowing the Word. How do we choose what's better? We've got to know the Word. This is our standard. This is our standard for making decisions. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, my question is, what is your standard? What is your standard for making ethical decisions? Your choices. There's got to be a standard somewhere. But let me ask you, if you are a Christ follower, am I making my choices by this standard? If I had to choose what is right, am I doing that? There's a lot of people who say, I've got a Christian, I'm a standard, I'm a Christ follower, this is the book, this is my standard, but do my decisions follow that? Church, are you here? We we come in and I believe we try to do good, but really, if you look at our decisions, are they based on the word or are they based on the world? Are they based on the word or are they based on what you want? Busy isn't better. Choosing better is better. What's my standard? I want to ask you, what do you need to choose today? What do you need to choose this week? What choice is better this year? Sit down and start crossing things out. Uh, John uh, Maxwell has this great thing called a Pareto. I get on my staff's nerves so bad because I love this Pareto. But all it is, is it's a, it's a, it's a way to lay, write down everything that you've got going on this week and line it up with what's important and start marking off what's not. Every yes is a no to something else. Andy Stanley wrote a, bo- a book called Choosing to Cheat, Who Wins When the Family and Work Collide? Stop cheating what's good. Stop cheating what's better. Martha said yes to work. She cheated herself out of being at the feet of Jesus. Do you get the idea? What are we cheating in our life? We need to have margins. We need to have margins. Now, where I'm going to pick up next week, next time, is how do you hydrate yourself when you're dehydrated? Where do you hydrate yourself when you're dehydrated? Because I think something that I, I think the church doesn't realize is the church is spiritually dehydrated. And we're trying to live a, a, a full life, a spirit-full life, with no spirit in us. And I'm not, it's not going to be hard. It's going to be great. But why am I so busy that I can't go out here in the foyer and be prayed for? Why am I so busy that I can't come here and get a cup of coffee five minutes before service so that I can mingle with someone? Why am I so trying so hard to beat the crowd when I need to be in the crowd and I need to mingle with the crowd? Why am I in such a hurry? And I'm just talking about our church hour. Why do we need to get out 15 minutes early so we can beat the rush to the restaurants when somebody hears their life is falling apart and they need prayer? And that may be you. And everybody's rushing so fast to get to the next thing. Why is that so important? When God has placed in you the ability to rescue somebody from where they are. You know how Jesus is going to rescue that marriage? It's going to be through you. You know how your marriage is going to get rescued? It's going to be through a godly person. It's going to be through man. God works through man. You were led to Christ by someone. Someone led you to Christ. Don't be in such a hurry. Slow down. Can I pray for you? You guys stand up with me. As Miss Tammy starts to play, I just ask you right now, just open up your heart. Father, I just ask you right now to reveal, just to reveal one thing that has overtaken our life inappropriately. And Lord, I know that that started with a good intention, but it's become, it's become a distraction. And you know, so many times distractions don't just lead to resentment, they lead to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And let me tell you, you will dry up and die with that. Just ask you right now, Lord, just to help us in our mind to start laying out what's important and what's not. And to go home today and to sit down and to take some time with you and to ask you. Because you know what, as we lay out our to-do list and lay our hands on it and say, Lord, help me with this, he desires to give you that direction. Just like Haley looked to me for that direction this morning. Not because she needed help. She didn't need help. But she knew, where is my place in this team? Where is my place in your kingdom? I'll, take, I'll look my eyes upon the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Would you get your eyes off of your schedule and off of your busyness and get your eyes on the Lord? He will lead you and guide you into all truth. The steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Awaken our spirits, Lord. Do you know Jesus? Is it time for you to receive him as your Lord and Savior? Right where you sit, just right where you sit, just say, I choose Jesus today. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of what I've walked in here with. But I choose you, and my heart turns to you this morning. Have you turned your eyes away from Jesus? Turn them back to him this morning. I just want to open up the altar, and I just want to to ask, if you need prayer for whatever reason, we want to pray with you. Come at this moment to the feet of Jesus, and let us seek Him for the answer that you need. Those that are praying with me as, as we start to sing, come on down here and just join me. I just want to open up the altar for just a few moments, and let me tell you, we will take all morning. Don't get in a hurry. If you need prayer, you get up here and let us pray with you as Miss Tammy sings.